Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And today's guest on our show is... Matt Bax. Welcome, Matt. It's good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. What do you do? We talked about titles. What is your title? Yeah, my title is simply instructor here in the School of Ag Sciences. And classes that I teach uh, include uh, intro to ag mechanics, um, several ag education type courses, and then the ag seminar course that all ag students take to help get them ready for their career uh, after graduation. How did you come to find yourself at Northwest? It's kind of a funny story. I participated in a football camp back in, I believe it was 2004. That's the first time I ever heard of Northwest when they sent a piece of mail saying, (laughs) hey, come to this football camp. Uh, So I attended the camp. Um, That was, like I said, first time I ever be on campus, ever really hearing about the institution. Uh, And ultimately ended up coming here as a student in 2005. Uh, fall of 2005 and ended up graduating in 2009 and found myself back here in 2017 as an instructor when uh, they had a position in the School of Ag Sciences. So you teach now, but you also were a Bearcat student as well. Correct. Yep. And where are you originally from? Uh, Originally from Eldon, Missouri. So about five hours from Maryville and it's a long five-hour drive, but if I can do it, any other student can do it. <laughs> and it's not an easy trip from Eldon either. I used to recruit no. that district, and it's it's not a fun drive. Yeah, there's no easy way to get there. That's for sure. When you came here as a student, did you know you wanted to study agriculture? Originally, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and it wasn't until about February of my senior year that kind of had an epiphany sitting in my high school ag teacher's classroom, and I uh, thought, you know, I like dealing with ag education and the FFA side of stuff. Uh, and I liked working with other students and helping them be successful. And then that just kind of clicked and I ended up in ag education and I followed that all the way through, picked up a horticulture minor while I was here. And that led me to my first career as a high school ag teacher after graduation. Where did you teach? I originally taught in Smithton, Missouri, which is about seven miles east of Sedalia. That was my first big kid job, I guess, after graduation. And uh, I was there for eight years before coming to Northwest. Is there a difference between, or maybe speak to the differences or lack of differences between teaching high school or the, the younger age group and then college students? Yeah, um, there is a difference. Uh, obviously, in the high school or secondary education, you, you've got a, a bell that rings every 50 minutes telling you where to go and what to do next. And that's not the case here. You just kind of have to watch the clock and make sure you're uh, on time or maybe not quite as late as you should uh, or could be to, <laughs> to important things such as class or meetings or whatever it might be. And Um, But otherwise, you know, we're still working with students. Uh, They're just a little bit older. They still have the same sort of issues that high school students would have had or middle school students. Uh, So other than that, other than the constant bell that's not ringing all the time, there's really not a whole lot of difference that I see. 
So what you mentioned the football camp was the first time you came to campus. So was it the campus that made you want to come here or because you chose ag education, you knew that we had an ag education program, which is not something that it's as many places as you'd think it would be. So what was it that made you choose? Or Northwest? you just, you love the five hour drive. I wanted to get away from my hometown. Uh, and I thought five hours away, I'm, I'm far enough away that if I do need to come back for something, it's not a ridiculous amount of time to drive, um, but I knew I didn't want to go to any of the other institutions that were close by because that's where everyone else was going. Uh, and I think when I came up here to Northwest, there was only one other student from my high school that was up here as well. I just wanted to get away and experience something a little bit different. And then, you know, I could always go back, which eventually I did. I was about an hour away from Eldon when I taught there in Smithton. So. Yeah, just wanted to get away. And, you know, the campus was nice, even though I didn't really see much of it other than the, the union when we would go and eat after the camp. And, you know, the town was, it was pretty nice too. Tell us about all the things that Northwest agriculture has to offer. I mean, there's a lot of things, so I don't know if you can get them all in there, but <laughs> there's a lot of things. I really think, uh, one, we've got the opportunity for students to really get some hands-on experience uh, utilizing the RT Wright farm and the, the various uh, swine, dairy, and beef cattle operations and small ruminants, but also with the Ag Learning Center that's just recently come on, they can, you know, gain some more hands-on experience there. And that, I think, kind of sets us a little bit of a part compared to some of the other institutions. Uh, we're kind of focused on the practicality of it, not necessarily the you know, the research, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with the research, but some people aren't research fanatics, in my opinion, because I'm not one of those people. I'd rather be doing something hands-on. And I think there's a lot of options there for hands-on stuff at Northwest in general, as well as in the School of Ag Sciences. What struck you, you said you added in horticulture minor, what struck you about horticulture? I mean, why horticulture? Well, growing up, we had, we had just a small operation, I guess, farm operation. Um, both my parents worked outside of, you know, the farm, so to speak. They had day jobs. Uh, we had enough cows to cause problems is what I always say. Which is one. <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, I think we had maybe 10 or so at that time. So yeah, it was just with the horticulture stuff. We, uh, we had a large garden that we put out every year is about 3000 square feet. Uh, total area plus adding in blackberries, peach trees, uh, apples, gooseberries, you name it, we probably grew it at some point. And so we used all of that vegetable produce uh, items, canned a lot of it, stored it, you know, for future use down the road. So that's kind of why I picked horticulture because I grew up around it and I just, I, I prefer plants over animals because plants will not bite or kick you. That's a good way to look at it for sure. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, I tell that to my students every year when I do the general introductions on day one, it's like, this is where I'm at. This is my background. This is why I did what I did. Take it or leave it, I guess. I'm interested. We've had a couple of professors on over the course of the last several seasons who have made that transition from high school teaching to higher education, college teaching. So did, were you, did you, was that a purposeful pick out for you or was it the job became available? It looked attractive. You had what it needed. So you applied for it with, you know, when you made that switch, was it? 
a conscious move or was it just kind of circumstantial? I'd say it was conscious because uh, I inquired about it. I talked to our director, Rod Barr. He was my advisor at, under or during my undergrad uh, time here. I talked to him about it, kicked the idea around with my wife. We just moved to a new house. We bought a house and some property in Stover, Missouri, kind of halfway between both of our jobs. And so it was going to be a huge undertaking if I did go for it. And uh, we thought it over quite a bit. And it was actually about the, the day or so before the, the job posting closed that I actually put my hat or put my name in the hat. And so, you know, we we thought it over pretty good. And it is what it is. I'm here now and I'm enjoying it so far. So in order to teach on a college campus, you have to have a master's degree. Talk us through that process for you. Okay, so in 2012, I decided, you know, I want to pursue a master's. And there were several former colleagues at the high school level that said, well, you know, you'd make a pretty good administrator. And I said, no, I don't see myself in that role. But I thought, well, if I could do something ag education related, that could open the door for dual credit stuff at the high school level and potentially, you know, moving on to community college or uh, university. And so I pursued a master's of science in ag education through Iowa State starting in 2000 or the summer of 2012 and finished that up in the fall of 2015. So while I was teaching high school students and doing all the FFA activities and the summer events, I was taking graduate classes online through Iowa State and finished it up. And by the end of it, I had two young children. Uh, so when I started, just had my daughter. Um, so yeah, it was it was challenging. I did a lot of work between the hours of about 8 p.m. and 10 or 11 p.m. And then most weekends were spent working on projects or whatever it might have been, assignments, so on and so forth. Well, ag education seems to be right where you ended up. Yep. And I don't, like I said, uh, I've been in school since kindergarten and I don't see myself going anywhere else <laughs> unless they just kick me out. But, you know, I, I have fun with it and I, I enjoy helping students have those light bulb moments as much as I can and given the various classes that I teach. So go ahead, Travis. I was just going to say, you teach some really interesting classes that are unique to, to ag and to, you know, like ag mechanics, you know, you, you're welding, you're doing super hands-on stuff that, you know, the accounting students typically aren't doing. So those sorts of classes are probably a lot different than, you know, students are used to in their thing. Is there anything special with those that you have to do? I'm sure specialized equipment, do you have to have oh, yeah. training for that? Or I don't know that there's any, I, I'm sure there's some specific training out there, but as far as the equipment that we utilize, it's um, you know the pretty standard stuff that you would find in even a, a residential home person that would be using a table saw or a drill press. So I don't think anything's overly specialized. And we in whatever training we do need, we just go through it in the class itself and do uh, talk about safety and making sure that we're safe and do demonstrations on how to use it properly to make sure that the students are comfortable utilizing whatever piece of equipment it might be. Yeah. I think I, I just, I think about our students that work in our office using power tools and my blood pressure starts to go up. So I can't imagine a classroom full of students. Each semester brings a new uh, skill set of students in. And so, uh, you know, I try to get a feel for where they're at as far as their level of uh, comfort 
comfortableness, I guess is the word. And then we just go from there. And, you know, I, I let them know that, you know, we're probably going to start here at the, the basics and then we'll work our way up and, you know, we'll catch you wherever you might fall and in that spectrum and, and get you the needed knowledge that you need to be successful. What would you say is the, the most important, like what things do students really need to focus on to be able to, to get that first job right out of college? Be willing to learn. There's a lot of things that you may not know, but if you have an open mind and the willingness to learn it and put forth a little bit effort, uh, I think that'll take you a long ways uh, in the career area, career spectrum, whatever it might be. Uh, just just be open to learning something, even if you kind of know what's going on, always be able to take someone else's information and then mesh whatever information together to make it best for your situation. Willingness to learn is a big thing and showing up, I guess, too. <laughs> it's hard to learn when you don't show up. So I think yeah, those go right together. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I want to do a whole podcast on showing up, Travis. Like, let's say that for future reference. I mean, it, it there is a lot to say for that, right? So as a as a college instructor, college level instructor, you mentioned it at the very beginning, show up to class, right? Step one, employee, show up to work, right? Whatever that looks like in the environment that you're working in. And it seems silly for us as employers or as, you know, hiring managers or professors, it seems silly that we have to preach show up, but really and truthfully show up. <laughs> That's half the battle. You know, I was told uh, when I took my first job at Smith and the, the principal at the time, he said, I'll never forget this. He said, fake it till you make it. There, you know, there's some days you don't want to be there. And, you know, that still happens all throughout your work career, but sometimes you just have to go in there, do what you need to do. And, you know, when the day's done or when your hours are up, you know, go home and do something to take your mind off whatever it is is bothering you. Northwest is kind of a unique place that we hire a lot of former students to then be professors. So what's it like to be colleagues with some of the folks that were your professors and instructors when you were here? The only one that's still remaining that was a uh, instructor of mine is Rod Barr. So, I mean, we've had a pretty good relationship since uh, I started as an undergrad student and uh, it was rather interesting and interviewing with former faculty members that I had as instructors or professors. And I never really had an issue with it. I usually get along with just about anybody. Um, but it, there was a little bit of level of um, professionalism that I still provided towards them or made sure that, you know, I, I kind of still looked at them as an instructor and a colleague. It was just kind of a weird mix. Uh, I don't know how you get over that, but you just do your best. And I'm not sure you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, you just do your best. And I still, you know, occasionally we'll still see some of the former faculty members, uh, retirees that are around town. And I, you know, still say hi and they ask how you're doing. So it's just kind of a, even though I maybe didn't teach with them, uh, but had them as a faculty member, was at least around them. They're still very much personable, ask how you do. Yeah, I don't, it's just kind of odd, but you just work with it the best you can. For students that want to go into ag education and want to be ag teachers, what advice do you have for them? Is there anything that they, you know, should be aware of or be thinking about? As we know, education's in a weird time right now. 
and that might deter some individuals. But I truly think uh, if you have the, the desire to go into ag education, uh, agricultural literacy is what I'm going to kind of the track that I'm going to go to. Helping people understand the ag industry a little bit better or more than the average person out there. I think that's really the, the aspect that they should focus on is just helping people understand what goes on in the world of agriculture, because there's a ton of people that are misinformed um, and they just because they lack that knowledge, they're unable to make a, a decision that's based on true knowledge within the industry. So I think if you have the willingness to help somebody in the ag field, ag ed is where you should be. And if not, if they decide, if they start ag ed and then move to something different, that's fine. As long as they serve as an advocate for the ag industry and try to promote it in the, in the positive manner and, and dispel any sort of misinformation out there. Are there other careers that might rely pretty heavily on the things you would learn in an ag education while you're getting an ag education degree? Kind of the extension service that you see with uh, you know, your land grant institutions that, but honestly, when, when some students ask, what can I do with an ag education degree? I, I'd let them know. And I know it may sound a little cliche or whatever. Uh, I let them know you can do just about anything you want to do because you have the background and a broad-based knowledge of the ag concepts or the ag disciplines, whether that be animal science and horticulture, because we have to, or those students have to take certain classes in each of those to get you that broad base of knowledge. But you have the the background of working with students or younger people, uh, and that can kind of even translate into working with adults as well and helping them learn to process. So Really, you could have an ag education degree and you could go to work for some sort of ag company as their community liaison or whatever you want to call it and helping them get their message out to the folks that might be in that community or working with that company, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of options out there for students to do if they don't, if they figure out that being in the classroom isn't their cup of tea, so to speak, they can still go other places. Yeah. If you think about those education skills, you know, publicly speaking, leading a group of people, especially a group of children, like I've never talked with an employer who's like, I don't want somebody who can do those things. Like (laughs) every job description says strong oral and written communication skills. They all want somebody who can publicly speak and, you know, can organize their thoughts. So yeah, those skills are evergreen for every industry, especially in ag in the Midwest, because Every industry in the Midwest is an ag industry, whether it's directly or, you know, not directly ag. That's we all deal with ag and it's part of the culture here. So, yep. Any last words? I feel like you're a deep well of wisdom. Any last (laughs) words of wisdom for us? Maybe something we could learn about ag. Here we go. You can be, you can help us become more ag literate. Oh, you put me on the spot. Too much pressure. (laughs) Too much pressure. Yeah. You know, to learn more about agriculture, I think if you just look, Look outside your window, your office, whatever, as you drive down the road, you can see how ag impacts your daily life on a 365 days a year. Um, So I think if everyone could become more in tune with the ag industry, that would help the world go around a little bit better and help individuals understand why it's so important for the ag industry 
to maintain a sense or a presence in all communities, whether that's, uh, you know, a smaller rural community like Maryville or a larger suburban urban area uh, like Kansas City or whatever. There's there's agriculture everywhere that you might go uh, and just seeing the benefits and the things that it does for those individuals is important. I think that's a t-shirt. There's agriculture everywhere you may go. <laughs> if you do that, I'll take the royalties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut you in on the profit. man. <laughs> Probably won't sell many, but whatever. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>